Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Josh, and I'm your push coach. Thank you so much for joining me for season three of my podcast, where my mission is to help coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs to find purpose and passion in their work while turning it into a six and even seven figure coaching business. But before we dive into today's episode, let me just share a little bit about me. After making only two sales in my entire first year of business, I've gone on to create a multi-million dollar coaching business, helping people just like you to find confidence, clarity, and become leaders that change the world. On this show, you're gonna get tools and resources that are gonna help you to make success easier than you ever thought possible. We're gonna help you reprogram your beliefs and mindset for success and create a program that gives your clients massive results. Also, I would love to give you a free copy of my brand new book, The Best Version of You. Head over to joshcoats.com to grab a copy and learn the exact strategies that I have used to build a multi-million dollar coaching business. I'm so excited to have you here today. Let's dive in. Here we are doing a little last minute Q&A. I apologize. I got some like weird lighting stuff going on. We are over at my mother-in-law's um, helping take care of her. She's recovering from a surgery. So we've been kind of taking turns as a family coming over and hanging with her. So um, not my office, as you can see, I don't have my plants in the background and all that jazz, but either way, we're here um, to jam because I want to share a couple things with you guys. I talked about this this morning on a VIP call that I kind of sent out to everyone, but I still want to go over it tonight in case I know everyone's busy. You might not have had a chance to watch the other call. Maybe this is the call you happen to like make some time to watch or hang out with me on. And I want to talk about something that we call the push method. And the push method is something that we teach in my life coach certification. This is like our process that we use um, to teach on the psychology of coaching, but it is a very like very, very duplicatable, simple way of taking the psychology of coaching and turning it into like a very specific order of things that you can basically just trust, walk through this and see it. So I want to kind of like just show you what this looks like. So the push method says that there are facts that we are dealing with every single day. Okay. There are facts. I'll give you a fact. I am at my mother-in-law's um, tonight doing this call. That's a fact, right? However, from those facts, we can tend to create stories about what that is and what that isn't. For instance, one story could be, hey, I'm in a different room. I don't have my normal computer set up with the right lighting, blah, 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 blah. For some people, that could become a story of, I feel like not as confident. I feel not as comfortable, whatever that is. Um, but another story could be, what a cool thing that I'm here getting to take care of my mother-in-law and I can jump into an office or a room or a hallway or a closet or anywhere and essentially run my business when I need to. So there's always different interpretations of facts. Now, we like to kind of teach how this works in business, but it also works in personal life. Let's take, um, for instance, we're in a conversation with someone, let's say via the DMs. We're having like the most incredible conversation ever. We are like this person is literally my person. Like, I think we're going to be like business soulmates. And then out of nowhere, you are like, so I'm just curious, have you maybe been interested in working with me? A little bubble comes up. You can see that with the three dots that they're typing something. And then the bubble goes away. And then they never say anything. 
And you come away from that and you're like, oh my God, I thought we were going to be best friends forever. I thought we were going to like be besties. I thought this was going to be one of my greatest clients. I thought they were going to have this amazing transformation. But it turns out they ghosted me. And we create kind of this story out of what this situation means. And this story then becomes the thing that projects and predicts our future. Okay. Now, what's really powerful about this in sometimes a really bad way, sometimes it can be a good way, but in our business, it's usually a bad way is that we are almost always, unless we have learned what I'm teaching you tonight and what I'll be teaching you in, the, in this program and in our certification, we are almost always replaying an automated story that we didn't even take time to really think about or choose in that moment. It's what I call an unconscious affirmation. And what that means is it's programming from our past that when something happens, we are taking this experience and we are essentially projecting past events and past hurts and past pains on to this specific scenario and making all of these past things the lenses that we are now seeing this current event through. So, for instance, in this situation, the only fact is this person didn't message me back. That's the only fact. And that fact alone is very, very, very neutral. It's not personal. No one is at fault in this situation. Nobody did anything good or bad. It's just a totally neutral thing. This person didn't message me back. But we might, in our head, have a pre-planned story about what it means when someone doesn't message me back. And that story becomes... They ghosted me is something that people say all the time, which I always think is like so interesting that we have to have such a dramatic name for the fact that someone didn't message me back. It's they ghosted me, which tends to make it sound like they did something bad to you. Saying they ghosted me is a way of putting yourself in the place of a victim. Like they did something bad to me they ghosted me sometimes comes with a few other things like i must have said something wrong maybe i just don't know what i'm doing or i knew people would think i'm too salesy slash spammy all of these stories in the way we are wired these stories are connected to these feelings. And so these stories turn into feelings that flood our body. And it happens so fast. Again, most of us are not even consciously aware of the trigger point or what is happening because the feelings is what we normally notice first. And the reality is the feelings are like three steps into this process. We didn't even know this process was happening. So we start to feel, and when I've ask people in coaching sessions before what they feel like can sometimes feel rejected. That's a big one. None of us like to feel rejected. Like that is, whoo, that is one of the scariest things as humans. Our caveman DNA says that if you stay with the pack, you'll be safe. If you're not with the pack, you're going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. 
So nothing in the world is more scary to us as humans than being rejected because it feels like you're being cast out of the protective, the protection, I should say, of the community. Okay, so we feel rejected. Um, we can feel ashamed. If the story in our head is that we're being salesy or spammy, we can be embarrassed. And when we feel all of these things, okay, our feelings lead us into action. And what kind of action do you think we take in a business where it's our job to motivate people, to encourage people, to inspire people? What kind of action do we take when we feel rejected, ashamed, and embarrassed? Well, there's a couple of things we do. We either take no action, okay? That would be freezing, okay? We take buffered actions, which basically means instead of doing the things that are on our to-do list, we find less important things that allow us to avoid what we're actually supposed to do. Annie said, clean the house. <laughs> now, I am not wired like Annie. I would never clean the house as a buffered action. I would probably... Um, I would probably like work on some graphics or work on like some messaging for a call. Sometimes I would work on a launch that we don't have coming for like 12 months, even though there's one happening like in the next week. Like I'll start thinking of new ideas of other things that we can do that are outside of the things that we're already working on. So we have no action. We have buffered action. Or one of the things that I like to say is we have unaligned action. Here's what I mean by that. You have someone that is a do-gooder who follows the rules, and they're going to do what they're supposed to do no matter what. So if they have been told they're supposed to invite 10 people today, they are going to do it. But here's the problem. They're not doing it from a place of confidence. They're not doing it from a place of love or purpose. They're doing it from a place of scarcity. And they are literally sending 10 invites while in their entire body, they are feeling like I'm rejected and nobody wants this. And I'm so embarrassed to even talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyways. And the problem with that is it leads to really intense burnout and overwhelm. It is essentially putting yourself in like, like my favorite analogy to talk about is the smoke detector. Like when the smoke detector, when there's smoke, hi guys. <laughs> when the smoke detector senses a shortage of oxygen, it puts off the alarm, right? Like the most annoying sound in the world. Now, I guess if you're a really, really, really committed and disciplined person, you could keep doing the dishes, keep watching your favorite TV show, keep taking the bubble bath with the alarm going off. But wouldn't it be easier to just turn the alarm off and then do the dishes or watch your favorite show? So what I find is that even the people that are like crazy disciplined are still doing their work with an alarm going off in the background, this flood of emotions filling their body. And they're just, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. And sometimes we call that discipline, but I would call it insanity. Sometimes we take great pride in this. I like to call it the person who wears the hard work badge on their sleeve. Like, I work harder than everybody else. Well, good for you, but you're crazy. Because wouldn't it make more sense to work smarter, not to work harder? 
Like if you could do the dishes in peace and quiet, wouldn't you rather do that than do the dishes with an alarm blaring off in your ear? So what we teach, the, the whole point of the psychology of coaching is kind of going back to the smoke detector analogy. When the smoke detector goes off, what do you do? Do you run and jump into the street? No. Do you just go about your business like nothing happened? No. You look around and you observe the facts. You try to get down to the bottom of what is actually happening so that you can make a decision based on facts and logic instead of fear and doubt and judgment and shame. So what we teach is that we take this whole situation and we go back to the facts, okay? The only way to solve the problems happening in our life, happening in our business, if you're experiencing self-sabotage or struggling to lead other people, whatever it is, the only way to do it is to go back to the fact. The fact is someone didn't message me back, okay? Now, this time, instead of going off of our unconscious story, which comes from our head that's trying to keep us safe, Okay. I don't know if you guys remember the graphic that I showed in the presentation on Wednesday night, but our head voice is rooted in scarcity. It's pointing to the past and it expresses itself through fear, doubt, judgment, and shame. Okay. It's trying to keep us safe. So it's trying to trigger off these negative emotions that get us to run for our life and try to stay safe. Okay. Our heart voice is pointing to the future. It's rooted in abundance and it expresses itself through hope, future, faith, purpose, strength, potential. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to take the situation that just happened. And instead of allowing myself to freak out, I'm going to stop and I'm going to make a conscious decision to relook at the situation through my heart voice. So the fact is someone didn't message me back. I'm going to choose a story this time based on the heart voice. I like to use purpose because it's just like my favorite one personally. And I'm going to say, what would purpose say about the fact that this person didn't message me back? Now, I've had a couple coaching sessions where I've gotten some, some responses and actually seen like what people end up saying. So I'm going to give you some of the responses I've got. When we look at it through purpose, sometimes people say, maybe that person was busy. Maybe it literally had nothing to do with me. Maybe that person's life doesn't revolve around my conversation with them. Maybe they also have a busy life and also have other things going on. Here's another one that I thought was like really, really, really interesting. Maybe that person was afraid. Maybe they loved talking to you and hanging out, but maybe you offer something kind of like me where when someone does sign up, there's some work that has to be done. And sometimes people are afraid of that commitment. They're afraid of that process. Sometimes they're even afraid of the success they might have if they do finally take the steps. There's a fear of failure and there's a fear of success. So some people are afraid to fail. Others are afraid, what if it does work and then I have to become this new evolved person. I don't know if I'm ready for that. So what if the person you're talking to is just afraid? Do you see how different that is than, oh my God, I said something wrong. I must suck. I must be the worst person in the world. 
Here's another one that I love, 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 because it's the opposite side of I must have done something wrong. And it was maybe I need to get better with my messaging. It sounds kind of similar to the maybe I did something wrong, except one is very scarcity and victim based. The other one is very abundance and growth oriented. In one situation, it's I must suck. I'm the worst in the world. In another situation, it's maybe there's something I can learn from this. Maybe I could get better. See how different those feel? Now, if I choose to take on the story, if I choose to take on the story that maybe they were busy, maybe that person was afraid, maybe I need to get better with my messaging, I want you to notice how different this feels. Feelings are maybe sympathy or empathy for the other person. Maybe I feel challenged, but in a good way, like challenged to go learn more, to try to figure out how I could do an even better job. Maybe um, because that person was busy, I just feel relief that it's not my fault. And when we feel empathy and relief and challenged, what kind of action do we take? Now, all of a sudden, we take this thing I would call aligned action, which means we do the right thing for the right reason with the right energy. Notice how different that is. I'm no longer sending 10 messages because someone said I have to, and I am literally scared shitless about it. I'm sending 10 messages because I know there are people out there that hurt like I used to. And I need to get messaging to them so that they can make the change they need to get. And now all of a sudden, because I take aligned action, I end up manifesting a different result. I end up actually using this thing. I talked about this on this morning's call, but I want to talk to you for a second about the compound effect. The compound effect says if I do these things, these little things over time, they turn into these great results, right? Here's what probably no one has ever told you about the compound effect. The compound effect is not just a compound of your actions, because remember, your actions are a compound of the story that you have and the feelings that have been created and then the actions you take as a result. So if we're talking about the compound effect, and one of my favorite ways to think about the compound effect is it's like a snowball that you keep rolling. So it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Start off with this tiny little snowball. And before you know it, you have this huge, massive thing that you can turn into a snowman, right? So we could say that the compound effect works negatively the same way it works positively. And if you've bought into an old story that is rooted in scarcity and judgment and doubt and fear and shame, and you're rolling that up day after day after day after day after day after day after day, it becomes this huge snowball that is manifesting the things you don't want in life. Really, the only way to use the compound effect to create success is to actually attach it to a positive heart-based story that creates heart-based feelings and heart-based actions. And therefore, you end up snow getting a snowball effect of these heartfelt actions. Does that make sense? And so that's what we teach in the program. We teach you how to use the push method. Now, in our life coach certification, we spend three months teaching on this 
practicing it, plugging it into all the different areas of our life and our business. And at the end of three months, you can charge $200 to $400 an hour to coach other people using this method. But the point of this boot camp is to get you started on this journey of self-awareness and understanding that everything that's happening in your life right now is not on accident. It is technically happening on purpose. It just might not be the purpose you intended. You are essentially creating everything around you. You just might not be consciously aware of it. So we got to pull the layers back. Tomorrow we'll teach on self-coaching. We'll teach you how this applies to your own personal life and business and how you can start using it to unravel the stories that you have created about your own life and about your own business so you can rewrite that. In week two, we'll teach you how to do that for others, which is a little bit different because in coaching yourself, you're at least working with an open and willing vessel. In coaching others, they're not always an open and willing vessel, so there's more layers we got to peel back, okay? And then in the third week, we're going to talk about how this leads to sales and the perfect messaging. Because the reality is when it comes to our sales and messaging, we are not talking to people who woke up this morning and were like, I'm just looking for the best product or the best coach or the best program. We're talking to people that woke up this morning with a head voice. We're talking to people who woke up saying, I wish I could get better results in my life, but I know that I'm not good enough. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. I'm scared about the success and the transformation it might create in me. So our job as people creating online messaging is to address the biggest fears and limiting beliefs that people have, not just to try to convince them that our program is the best. Okay. I hope that makes sense. That's what we're going to be jamming on in this program. Super freaking exciting. Coaching has literally changed my life in every way, in every way. I mean, self-coaching, I went from quitting four different businesses in my twenties, learning self-coaching and sticking with a business for the very first time, even though I only made $500 in my first year, I still stuck it out to see success because I was finally able to coach myself and manage what was happening. All the other times I'd quit because of fear of failure. I then, because I was able to coach others very quickly, um, once I started getting people on the phone and got a chance to show them what this coaching thing could do, very quickly started signing on very high-level clients that were much more successful than me. They were better at a lot of things than I was, but I knew how to coach them and help them become consciously aware of the stories that were holding them back. And when you can do that for someone else, they don't care if you make a million dollars a year or one dollar a year. When you can prove that you have a skill and a technique that can change their life and set them free from the voices in their head, they're signing up. So whether you are wanting to charge people like I do, or whether you just have already existing clients or already existing team that you need to be able to mentor and help get past their fears and their barriers, there's no greater way to do it than coaching people.
Okay. I love you guys so much. Have an incredible night with your family. Um, I'm going to go binge some more TV shows with my mother-in-law and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye friends. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Your Push Coach. I hope you enjoyed so much of this deep dive into the tips and strategies you can use to build your coaching business. If you want to hear more episodes just like this, please make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get notified when a new episode releases every week. Also, make sure and tag me over on your stories wherever you're listening to the show so that I can share them over to my stories. Remember, you are worthy of everything you want in life. You are capable of everything you want in life. You have infinite creativity and wisdom and life and love living on the inside of you. So go be a light today in the people you serve. I will see you next time.